Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week three of our series called Stand Firm, Love Well. And we live in a world, in a culture right now that there's often a tension between those two things. Like, do, do, we, do I have to stand firm or do I love well? Like, it feels like you have to make a choice nowadays. Like, do I have to choose one of those two things between the tension of those two things? But the big idea of this series is that God and his word is calling us to do both, to not stand firm or love well, but to stand firm and love well. And we see this all throughout the Bible. In fact, I found this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, in verse 13 and 14. It says this, it says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, stand firm, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. So stand firm and love well. So in this series, we're also taking a look at the the book of Daniel in the Old Testament because what we'll see is that all throughout that book of the Bible, they experience the same exact tension. And so in week one, we looked at Daniel chapter one and we talked about the importance of fighting to stay in the uncomfortable middle. And then last week, we talked about Daniel four. And we talked about like learning the hard way. And it was all about like we have to make sure that we deal with the pride that is in our life. And by the way, if you missed either of those messages, you can go back at any time and listen to our messages. We have an audio podcast on Apple as well as Spotify. But you can also watch the messages on our YouTube channel. You can go and check out all those if you miss any. But over the next two weeks, let me tell you where we're going. Because we're going to be like deep diving and taking a closer look. At both, at, at both of these very important truths, to stand firm and to love well. So next week, we're gonna talk all about how to love well in today's culture. But this week, if you're taking notes, we're gonna be talking all about how to stand firm. That's what I wanna talk about over the next few minutes, how to stand firm. And we're gonna be looking at one of the best examples that I can find in the Bible of standing firm. And it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace in Daniel chapter three. And we're gonna start in verse one. Warning, a lot of Bible today. A lot of Bible. So Daniel chapter three, verse one, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar, it's who we talked about last week. And by the way, this is before all that. So this is, you'll you'll see. Uh, It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall, and nine feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials, so all the important people, to come to this dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, I don't even know what that is, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground 
to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately, will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, I mean, that's like everybody. Nobody's excluded from this. They bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. In verse eight, it says, but some of the punk astrologers <laughs> went to the king and informed on the Jews. And they ratted them out. And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king, like... You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's how I read that, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. So picture the scene that when everybody else bows down, they stood standing. And so let me show you just an example of what that would be. Because I want us all today, whether we're watching online or whether we're here in the room, I wanna make sure that we all picture this, okay? So I'm gonna ask Courtney right here. Will you, will you stand up and why don't you have Stacy and go ahead and Stacy, double Stacy, stand up, okay? <laughs> so so the, these three amazing women of God right here who are all leaders, who I have seen just serve God with all their heart, who are amazing, I love you, you're amazing. And so the, these three right here, they're just gonna represent Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You figure out which one that you are, okay? And, and then here's what we're gonna do. In just a moment, I'm gonna have everybody that's here to stand up. So if you're in overflow, I want you to stand up. If you're at your home and you're sitting down, I want you to stand up too, okay? So we're all gonna participate in here. We're all gonna stand up, and then you're gonna hear some music. And, when, and by the way, it's Michael Jackson. Okay, just go ahead, you know, <laughs> because I'm in control. And uh, we're gonna get a little king of pop into our souls and, um, and so when that music comes, then everybody's gonna sit down, but you stay standing, okay? So I want everybody to say, okay, everybody stand up. Everybody got it? Everybody understand? Come on, if you got it, give me an okay right here. Give me an okay, give me an okay. You good, you good, okay. So remember, remember, music's gonna come on. You stay standing. Music comes on. Everybody else, you sit down, okay? Hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, how many of you, this is good for you right now. Come on, we're having church right now. Okay, you can turn that down, you can turn that down, you can turn that down. Okay, so, so that's a picture of what happens here in Daniel chapter three, but here's what I want you to see. Stay standing. Here's what I want you to see. There's gonna be times where this happens in your life. There's going to be times where you're gonna be faced with this situation right here. There's gonna be times where this may happen at your job. Where there's gonna be, okay, everybody else is doing this, but God, you're calling me to do this. There may be times 
where this will happen at your job. There's gonna be times where this may happen at your school. This may happen at a dinner party. This may happen on a date. Hello. There's gonna be times where this will happen on social media. And there even, maybe this will be what happens even within your family. There's gonna be times where there's gonna be a sound. And that sound is gonna demand that everybody bows. But you know God's calling you to stand. Thank you, you can take a seat. And so what do you do? Like do I, do, do I, do I stand or do I bow? And you're face to face with this decision. Do I do what everybody else is doing? Or do I stand for God? Do I do what's easy? Or do I do what's right? And that was the situation that they found themselves in. And then it goes on to say in verse 13, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar, he flew into a rage when he heard this news. And he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them face to face, is it true? See, it's one thing to stand when you're not up against that pressure. But it's a whole nother thing whenever you're standing face to face with that pressure. And he says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? And just in case you didn't understand the first time, maybe you didn't hear, let me just make this crystal clear. I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what little G God will be able to rescue you from my power? So what do you do in moments like this? What do you do? Like how do you stand firm when there seems to be so much pressure to bow? when there seems to be so much pressure to compromise your convictions or to lower your standards because there's going to be times if you're a follower of Jesus where you're gonna have to stand firm. There's gonna be times, and in those moments, here's what I've learned, that if I don't stand for something, I will bow to everything. So in those moments, when we experience that, when we experience exactly what they experience, how do we stand Firm. Let me just share three things with you today. And here's number one, is that standing firm, it takes courage. It does. There's no way around it. Standing firm, it takes courage. Now, before we read their response, like what they, what, how they responded to King Nebuchadnezzar, it's so important for us to understand some of the context and to recognize that King Nebuchadnezzar was arguably the most important, powerful man in the world at this time. It would be like standing before the President of the United States today and they're saying, so are you sure you're not gonna do this thing I'm telling you to do? I mean, this person has some juice, okay? And not only that, he was known for being ruthless. He was crazy. He was known for having a really, really bad temper if you crossed him. In fact, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 39, I'm not, we don't have time to read it, but let me tell you what happens. He invades a city, burns it to the ground, captures their king, slaughters all his sons right in front of him, then gouges out his eyes, so that's the last thing he'd ever see, and then throws him in prison for the rest of his life so that he could think on that for the rest of his life. That's hardcore. 
That's the king that they're standing before. And he says, I'm gonna make this very clear to you. I'll give you one more chance. Now, when you hear the sound of that, you better bow. And before he even tells the DJ to hit the song, this is what they say in, in Daniel chapter three. They say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. Pause. Which one of them talked? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. So which one talked? Was it, was it Shadrach? He's talking. He's talking, you know. Oh, Meshach. He has a way with the words, that guy. It had to have been him, right? Maybe it was Abednego. Like, that, it had to be. You know, like, we don't know. But the Bible says that all three did. So were they talking in unison? Was it like, okay, guys, like, we practice. One, two, three. Oh, you know, like... <laughs> I don't think so. Or were were they so united? Were they so on the same page? Were they so deciding, hey, we are going to live for God, that when one of them spoke, they all spoke? Listen, if you want to like stand firm, if you want to live for God, if you want to stand firm in your faith, you need the right people in your life who will stand with you. Because it's so much easier to take a stand when you stand together. It really is. Listen, courage is so much stronger in community. It just is. And so they reply, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. And I'm telling you, that statement right there took so much courage. It took so much courage to do what they did. It took so much courage to say what they said. It took so much courage for them to stand right in the middle of that very stressful moment and not defend themselves, but let God be their defender. It took so much courage for them to stand when everybody else around them was bowing. And that's why I believe that the defining characteristic of a leader is courage. It's not that leaders just know everything. It's not that they have wisdom that nobody else has. It's that they have the courage to do and to say what nobody else will do or say. See, leaders go first and that takes courage. And they had courage. But let me be crystal clear about this. Having courage doesn't mean that you never experience fear. Because it's not like here in this moment that they didn't experience any fear. I mean, could you imagine being in their shoes? I bet they were scared out of their minds. Not having a clue what was about to happen. Like, is he being for real? Am I gonna call his bluff? Am I about to be French fried up in this fireplace right now? I don't know. I guarantee you, they were scared. They felt so much fear in this moment. But I think sometimes that we feel that like followers of Jesus and Christians, like we should never experience any fear. Like all fear is bad. Listen, all, like not all fear is bad. There is a healthy fear that the Bible describes that it's not like this, I'm scared, but it's more like this deep respect, this deep honor. Like I want, to ha- I want my kids to have a healthy fear of traffic. I don't want them just prancing out onto I-71 and just sit there and play tag on the interstate, you know? Like I really don't, like I, I don't, I don't want, I want them to have a healthy fear of traffic, you know? And that's the type of fear that's talked about in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
So if you're one of those people that says all fear is bad and God's gonna not let you have any fear, what do you, like, stick that in your theological pipe and smoke it. (laughs) And by the way, this verse doesn't mean be scared of God. It means like, God, I know who you are. I have so much awe, so much reverence, so much honor for who you are. That's what that means. It's like this healthy respect and this honor to God. But there's also an unhealthy fear. And that's when fear becomes paralyzing. It's when fear becomes, it just, it stops you from doing the things that you should do and keep, and makes you do the things you shouldn't be doing. It's like a paralyzing fear. So, like I want my kids to have a healthy fear of traffic, but I don't want them to be scared to get into a car. And that's the type of fear that's talked about in Joshua 1.9, where he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't let that unhealthy, paralyzing fear get inside you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, like Sam said, he will be with you wherever you go. See, it's so important for us to realize today that courage, it isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of fear. So standing firm, you want to do that, man, it's going to take some courage. And then number two, standing firm, it takes faith. It's going to take faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it defines faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So to stand firm, you're gonna need that type of faith. You're gonna need that type of confidence and assurance that God will do what he says, that God will keep his promises, that God's got you no matter what. And we see this type of faith on full display in Daniel chapter three in verse 17 and 18. And I love that. They say, we're not gonna do it. And then it says this in verse 17. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, The God whom we serve, listen to the faith, is able to save us. He will, not that he might, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we wanna make it clear to you, your majesty. By the way, I love that there's so much respect here. Even when they're standing firm, that you can still stand firm and show respect that you, can st- that you can refuse to compromise your convictions and still honor, that you can disagree and still maintain relationship. And it says, but even if he doesn't, we wanna make this crystal clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. And then whoever won taught, drop the mic. They say we ain't bowing. So go ahead, throw us in that furnace. God will save us. But even if he doesn't, God still got us. So go do what you gotta do. Either way, we win. Whew, that reminds me of what Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse 21, where Paul says, hey, for me, for, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's like he's saying, like, I don't know which one I really want. Like, life or death, both are great options. Because if I live, I get to tell more people about Jesus. I get to plant more churches. 
I get to, you know, write some of those books that I've been meaning that are gonna be in your Bible. Like, if I get to live, I get to do that. But if I get to die, I get to see Jesus. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. And so, like, I can't really decide, so why don't you decide? I love that. What do you do with the, per- with the person that has a faith like that? Nothing. You can't do anything to somebody that has faith like that. And listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, what we gotta understand today is that you are in a win-win situation. You can't lose. And so, look at what happens next. In, um, in Daniel chapter three, verse 19, it goes on to say that Nebuchadnezzar, once he heard that answer, oh my goodness, he was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. That sounds a lot like today's culture. It sounds like social media a lot, doesn't it? It's like when, when you don't do what I want, I get mad. And it's so much easier to have some courage behind a screen. It's like when you don't do something that I don't agree with, I cancel you. And when, if you don't believe what I believe, then I'm against you. And we gotta be against each other and relationships broken. And I'm saying that that has to change in Jesus' name, especially in the church. Let it start with us. Let us not be that. And it says that he was distorted with rage and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and they threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, I wanna make sure that you notice that they went in tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? By the way, preacher warning incoming. Okay, preach warning about to happen up in this place. Didn't we tie up three men? and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, once tied up, but now free, walking around in the fire, unharmed. They're in the fire, but they're not getting burned. And the fourth, oh, he looks like a god. Well, I got news for you, Nebi. The fourth wasn't just a god. The fourth man was the son of God. That fourth man was Jesus who says, I will go with you into the fire. And he says in verse 26, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. See, God didn't keep them from the fire but he did protect them in the fire. I love that the only thing that was burned off was the things that tied them up. Everything else was just still there. God's such a gangster. I'm telling you, this is so good. It says in verse 27 that the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. 
Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. And I love that part so much that they didn't even smell like smoke because if you've ever been to a campfire or a bonfire, you know that that is a straight up miracle from heaven. But I love that it also tells us that it's possible to stand right in the middle of the fire, that it is possible to stand right in the middle of culture and not be untouched by it. It is. So to recap, standing firm, it takes courage. And then standing firm, it takes faith. And then number three, standing firm, what we see when we see this story is that it inspires others is it standing firm, watch, it will inspire others. We see this in verse 28. It says, then, then basically because of them standing firm, Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the capital G, God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that literally because of them standing firm, he was like, I'm about to praise their God. And he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. I'm gonna make some changes because of them standing firm. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you're like, this is awesome, this is incredible, they will be torn limb from limb. <laughs> and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. See, I find humor in the Bible. See, because like he was just starting his spiritual journey. <laughs> he was saved, not yet quite sanctified up in this place. And, you know, he hadn't learned the whole lesson. Like, hey, if you're following God now, like stop killing people. Um, it was still a work in progress. Come on, how many of you are thankful for works in progress? Yeah. <laughs> But he does say there is no other God who can rescue like this. And then the king, he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. See, instead of being demoted, they were promoted. See, them standing firm, standing for God, standing for their faith. See, it inspired and it influenced Nebuchadnezzar. And here's what I wrote down. I wrote this down. Standing firm God's way doesn't build a wall. It builds a bridge. See, standing firm God's way doesn't decrease your influence or your credibility. It increases it. See, I think we often believe a lie that people will hate us if we stand for God. But I truly believe that they will respect us and that we can actually influence other people. And if you do it God's way, I promise you, you can make a difference So dads, what if you make the decision, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Maybe you haven't been doing that up until this point. And maybe you've taken a back seat in leading your family spiritually. But what if today you said, you know what? I'm gonna stand firm. And as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. What if church and being planted in church was no longer optional? What if we decided, as for me and my family, we're gonna be contributors, not just consumers? 
that that's what we're gonna do? What if before everybody left the house, you kind of gathered everybody up and before everybody scatters to work and to school and you gathered them up and circled everybody around and said, let's grab hands. Let me just pray for you before we end the day, before we start our day. After they pass out and you have to revive them, then you can pray for them and it can be. (laughs) Just what if? What if you did that? I'm telling you, you may think that they may not want that. I promise you that they want that. And you'll make a massive impact on your family that has the potential to leave a legacy. Business owners, what if you made the decision that we're gonna build our business God's way? We're gonna build this business on the principles that God has in his word and his values. I promise you that your business will be blessed and you start to make a difference in the lives of other people so much more. What if you at your job, you're gonna say, I'm gonna honor God with how I work. That what if you said, like, I'm gonna be a man and a woman of integrity and character and honesty no matter what, even if everybody else does it. To make that sale, I will not compromise. In fact, I was talking to a guy recently about his job. He said, I had to quit my job because there's no way I could be a Christian and actually do that job. And I said, I'm so proud of you because you, you refuse to bow. And what if you said, no matter what, I'm gonna have character. No matter what, I'm gonna be a man or woman of integrity and honesty. No matter what, no matter how drag of a job it is, I'm going to choose joy tomorrow morning on Monday. I'm going to choose joy, even if nobody else does. That no matter the job, what if you decided to say, no, Colossians 3.23, that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you are working for the Lord and not for people. What if you said, I'm gonna be everything that God has called me to be at my job? I'm telling you, God will use you to make a difference, I promise. Why? Because standing firm, it inspires others. And the truth is, we should stand for Jesus because he already stood for us. When he went to the cross, He took the ultimate stand for you and for me, creating a way for our sins to be fully forgiven and a way for our relationship with God to be fully restored. So in return, I will gladly stand for him. But right now, here's something I want you to understand is that right now, the Bible, it says consistently that Jesus right now, right this very second, is not standing. It says that he's sitting. Multiple times throughout the New Testament after Jesus ascends back into heaven and it references him, he's not standing, he's sitting. In fact, it says one of these is Colossians chapter three, verse one, where he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. In Romans chapter eight, verse 34, it actually says what he's doing. It says, for he is the one who died for us and came back to life again for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us there in heaven. Another translation says he's interceding for us. That's by the way, why we pray in Jesus' name, because he's like, yep, I'm in. Yeah, like I, I love them. Will you do that for them, God? And it says he's sitting there pleading for us, interceding for us. He's sitting there right beside God, having our back. 
But outside of the gospels where he's, you know, on the planet earth for the 33 years that he was there, outside of that, there's one time that I found where he's standing. And it's in Acts chapter seven. And the story is a story of a guy named Stephen. And it's a guy who stands for God when it wasn't easy, when it wasn't popular. It's when he stood firm. In fact, he was the the very first Christian martyr. It cost him his life. He was the first person to lose his life for Jesus that we have recorded in history. In Acts chapter seven, and it was right before he was executed for standing firm for God. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter seven, verse 55. It says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, standing firm, gazed steadily into heaven. And he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus not sitting, but standing. In that same place of honor, at the right hand of God which reminds me of what Jesus said when he was on planet earth in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, where he says, stand up for me against world opinion and I'll stand up for you before my father in heaven. See, as we close today, we gotta recognize that these verses, it shows us that when I stand for Jesus, Jesus, he stands for me. We have to realize that, that if you make a decision this week at some point, maybe you're gonna be face-to-face with one of these decisions. Do Do I stand or do I have to bow? I just want you to know the truth of God's word is that when you take a stand for him, he'll stand for you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to ask right now, just the, ask God, just say, God, what are you, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me? And we're passionate here about not just going through the motions, playing church and walking out the same. What I believe is that God wanted to speak something directly to you and to your life today. And so ask him, what is that? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Maybe today God is saying it's time for you to stand for him, to stand firm. And if that's you, let me just pray this for you. Let me just pray this over you. In fact, if that's you, we just kind of put your hands out to receive this. Just, God, I just ask right now, will you fill my brothers and sisters, the people that call this church home, that know that you're calling them to, to stand firm and to love well. God, will you give them courage? Will you give them courage? God, I pray that you give them wisdom, courage, faith. Will you give them passion to stand? God, I pray that as they do that, let our standing influence and inspire the world around us. Help us to make a difference. God, I ask that you help. God, would you stiffen our spines with courage today to live for you, to do it the way that you're calling us to do it, to do it in a way that doesn't build walls, but builds bridges. And God, I ask it that you help us do that all throughout the city. I just even picture so many people leaving this place and going into their circles and their jobs and their campuses and their families and their friend groups 
and their social media spheres and everything. And God, we have an opportunity to stand firm and to make a difference. So God, would you help us? Give us wisdom and strategy straight from heaven. God, we receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, and with every eye still closed and head bowed, maybe you're here and you're far from God. Maybe right now you don't have a relationship with God. You've never given him your life. You've never said yes to Jesus. You've never received grace. Or maybe you have in the past, and there's been a time where you've made a decision, or you prayed a prayer, or you got dunked in water, or you came forward in a church, and, but right now you feel so far from God, and today you need a fresh start. We never want to end a service at our church without giving you the chance and the opportunity to make what we believe is the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. And we're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But if you're here and you know that's your response today, you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to receive grace. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, today you want a relationship with God. I want you without hesitation on the count of three to put your hand up in the air. Right now there's people that are praying for you and praying that you would make this decision that today is the day that you say yes to Jesus. So if you're here and that's you, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, you're coming back to God. Whether it's here that's you, I want you to on the count of three to put your hand in the air with every eye closed and say, that's me, include me in that prayer. One, two, three, put your hand up in the air and say, that's me, 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 that's me. Yeah, 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 it's awesome, it's awesome. If you're watching online, if that's you, say, yeah, 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 that's me, that's me, that's me. Okay, pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you do what I can't do myself? Will you change me? And will you make me brand new? Make me a new creation. I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. I give you everything. And today, I choose to follow you. We love you, and we thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands for those that just made the most important decision of their life? Yeah. Come on, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 